Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Over the next 20 minutes, our goal is to dig deeper into the themes and topics of the most recent Sunday teaching. We'll look to tackle some of the challenging kinds of questions that you may be thinking as you heard the message but didn't get the opportunity to ask the teacher at the time. This podcast works in conjunction with our weekly Beyond the Sermon devotional. If you don't receive those already, you can sign up using the link in our podcast show notes. So whatever you're doing right now, at the gym, driving, folding laundry, whatever it might be, we invite you to listen in as together we go Beyond the Sermon. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. Um, I am Dane Logan, the Ridges Communication and Marketing Manager, and I am here with Will Heron, your usual host, because he was given the sermon this week. So we're going to put him in the hot seat, ask him a few additional questions to kind of dig deeper into the themes of his sermon. So, Will, welcome to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good to have you, Dan. It's kind of fun being in the seat, but also a little intimidating at the same time. Well, I'll try not to be too scary with my <laughs> questions. Can we me in the questions? I'll do my best. In case you need a quick refresher, Will, this, uh, this Sunday dove into a command from Jesus, where basically he's talking to some folks about what is maybe the most important of the commandments. And Jesus kind of lays out a twofold command of, of first, uh, loving the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and then also loving your neighbors as yourself. For our questions today, we're going to dive especially into that second commandment, um, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. So, Will, you ready to get going? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, one of the things, one of the words that I think repeated throughout your your message was the word prejudice. And so I did a little bit of digging into kind of what this word means, one, and then also where this idea of prejudice comes from. But prejudice, from, from what I can gather, tends to stem from a pretty basic human impulse to basically make snap judgments about pretty much everything that we encounter. So we want to make quick, decisive sense of the world around us and sort it into categories. And so this can lead us to labeling people as something. So think like American or British or black, Hispanic or gay or straight, conservative, liberal. You can think of a whole bunch of other ones. But we do this labeling because it helps us to move through our lives without actually having to take the uh, the energy and the time to pause and get to know an individual with all of their quirks, all of their idiosyncrasies. And what Jesus is saying, it sounds like, is that it's really, really important for us as Christ followers to fight that impulse. So, Will, I just kind of want to unpack that with you a little bit. Why do you think that it's really important for us to work against that natural tendency? And then maybe more practically, how do we go about that? Yeah, it's a good question, Dean. You know, I I think having titles for things, obviously, we're not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm both American citizen and I'm British and that helps identify my nationality. And I think, I think what you're getting at is when we use labels to, to distance ourselves from people, we maybe make quick assumptions. We put people under a broad brushstroke and uh, in broad terms and, and we push them away from us. And do you know what's interesting, Dan, about this interaction with this expert in the law is that he asked Jesus a question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus doesn't actually really go about answering that. He actually uh, outlines what a good neighbor looks like. But what's interesting about the expert in the law and his question is 
I don't really think that he was looking to to really identify who his neighbor was. I think what he was trying to do was have Jesus tell him who his neighbor wasn't, essentially. Right. So he could essentially do what you you've just explained, which is draw lines and you know and push people away from yourself, bring in close those who are like you and those who are easy to get along with. But Jesus blows that all out of the water and says, actually, to be a good neighbor looks a lot like this. And he goes on to tell that story of the this the Good Samaritan, which I'm sure was familiar to many uh, of those listening. But what they may not know is that, you know, between Jews and Samaritans, there was a very hostile history that spanned yeah. hundreds of years. And uh, I use the example in my message of Protestants and Catholics, you know, obviously me com uh, coming from Northern Ireland, that has been a conflict which, uh, you know, similar in a similar sense has raged for a while. And and so G that's what Jesus is really getting at here. He's saying to be a good neighbor means that those you don't draw those lines. We have that inclination as humans to to put boundaries up. We want to demarcate, okay, what defines a town? What defines a nation or a state? We want to know who is the in-group and who is the other, right? And so Jesus yes, is saying yeah. we should resist that temptation, even to the point that we're willing to include our enemies, in this case, our bitter, bitter rivals. Yes, in our complete opposites. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's what would have been so startling to Jesus' audience. You know, are you serious, Jesus? Like, you want me to, you know? Um, and I, so that's why I kind of brought up that example of a modern day, you know, with Protestants and Catholics, or think of any other conflict that's going on in the world right now. I mean, I think I think this is really a timely message from Jesus, um, Dan, because it just seems like tribalism has never been more rampant in our country and in the world. And so... And more hostile, I would say too, right? Yeah. I mean, not only yeah. is it is it prevalent, but there's a lot of anger and vitriol, I would say, within that tribalistic sort of mentality these days. Yes, yeah, and so I think Jesus' message here is a challenging one. It's helpful for us to think like, who is our opposite? And it can't even be as simple as people in the office that are just ridiculously hard to get along with. I think if we're to love like Jesus is calling us to love, we need to heed Jesus' first commandment. You know, as you said, this is a twofold command. So Jesus, uh, the order of these commandments is really intentional. He says, first of all, love God with everything that you have. And then second, the second's like it, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. But I think Jesus is really intentional there because if we do not love God in that way, I don't think we can go about doing the second, you know. I think the best that we can often do as human beings is really tolerate them. Long way. <laughs> <laughs> but if we're to love like Jesus, who hung on a cross and looked out and said, Father, forgive them because they, they don't know what they're doing. That's divine love. And so, yeah, yeah we, need, we need his help in that. So if I really turn the key hard in my brain to try to empathize with the, the asker of the question, right? So who who is my neighbor? Right. I, I think I can kind of understand where perhaps um, the speaker is coming from in that there are so many verses, especially in the Old Testament, but also in the New, um, that talk about the importance of setting ourselves apart. 
as um, children of God, right? We're supposed to live differently from those, uh, the nations around us, the others around us, those who are not part of God's family at this point in time, right? They haven't accepted um, Jesus. And so we're called to live differently, and yet we're not called necessarily to live apart or to isolate ourselves from the other nations. That's an important distinction. I can see where he was coming from. You've told me to be different. You've told me to set myself apart. And now you're saying I need to reach out to my enemy. So I get that. And so I want to kind of move that direction with our next question. Mm -hmm. Um, You talked in your sermon about why it's important for us to to enter into one relationship with our neighbors. And again, neighbors is pretty broadly defined as pretty much anybody in the world. Um, But one of the things that you said we're called to do on behalf of those neighbors is to meet their physical needs. And so immediately the verse that came to mind for me was Matthew 25, uh, starting in 35 and going through 40. And it goes like this. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so, yeah, when we talk about meeting the physical needs of our neighbors, it doesn't get much more explicit than that, that that passage in Matthew 25. And yet, you know, when I walk through that piece by piece, it it might be helpful to kind of play that out a little bit in 2023 and -hmm. discuss what those actions might look like. So we can just take maybe a couple at a time here. So we talk about hunger and thirst. So meeting those needs. Would you mind just kind of walking through what that might look like in 2023? Yeah, well, Dan, I I think at the Ridge, we are in a privileged position that we have um, an amazing outreach director, Mary Colesdorf, who her job is really to facilitate those kind of opportunities in in our local community. And so, as I mentioned in my sermon, as a as a an easy next step, uh, you know, you can head to our website, ridgelife.org, click on serve, and you can actually uh, you know get insight into opportunities in our local community, um, but also opportunities uh, internationally, actually, that we have some international ties there where we're working uh, to meet those kinds of needs. And so the other thing I would say about this, Dan, I mean, let's say hunger and thirst are obviously a a huge one. Um, There's obviously a lot of other practical needs, even housing and and things like that. I think part of this is, one, an openness to be used by God in that way, but two, being sensitive to what that is for you it might not always be the most comfortable thing but i I think what i'm trying to say is that we we can't we can't do everything and you know when you look at the needs the practical needs in your city in your state in your country in the world it can be pretty overwhelming and so that's why i think god has mobilized a team that is the church and uh no lots of people obviously outside of the church as well but really the primary responsibility i think lies with us as the church so yes there's opportunities that we can get involved in on a a local level here uh you know thanks to our outreach director mary 
And just to kind of name drop a few opportunities, I guess, for folks, if they're looking for ways to get involved, if, yeah, the idea of um, meeting the needs of, of folks who are hungry, um, we've had a number of meal serving um, opportunities, uh, including this summer, we're doing love lunches, we have people go to um, Bethel uh, Mission, where they serve uh, men who are homeless or um, trying to get back on their feet after kind of a difficult patch and just kind of gain some stability. We go there a couple times each month. Um, there's also a meal program at Joshua Christian Academy, um, a school um, in, in the inner city of Des Moines, um, where a lot of kids are food insecure. And so we bring lunches in there. If you're talking about things like clothing, um, we have upcoming in, in the near future, uh, Single Moms Morning Out, where we provide free clothing boutique um, where people can donate items and serve moms in that way just to kind of give them things that make them feel um, loved, make them feel confident, that sort of thing as well. And of course, then we have international missions too, where we're going overseas to provide medical care, to provide um, assistance with food and education. And so there's all these things. And so I want to a quick kind of piggyback for you, Will, off of this one is there is, I think, this um, this defense of people, especially busy people, people who are saying, oh, I've just got a lot going on. My job's demanding. I've got you know, kids to look after. Maybe I have somebody with health concerns to say, OK, I'll give. I'll support those ministries financially. And that's good. I want to affirm that. Yeah. Um, but what do you think the benefit is to actually physically getting in to the, the service mentality, to actually volunteering to go on a mission trip, or even just to give an hour of your time each day, each week to serving lunches or whatever that might be. What's the benefit of actually interacting with those folks that you're serving? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, when you when I think of what Jesus invites us into here in loving our neighbor, I think it is humility. And C.S. Lewis has a great definition of humility, that humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking less about yourself and you know more about others. We see that most when you can actually be with people where you have an opportunity to take time with people and um, and be there like in the flesh, as it were. I think sometimes with money, I agree with you. I think it's a really good it's it's a good thing and something the Lord calls us to if we have resources in that kind of way. But I also think we have to ask whether that's really costly for us to. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking in my yeah. head as you were talking to is what is the greater sacrifice in this case? And not to say that money, for some of the people, money is a huge sacrifice. The idea of giving the little that they have to support somebody, that, that's an act of faith in a lot of ways for folks. Yeah. Um, but for others, it could be that they value their time perhaps even more um, importantly than their, than their money. Um, and in that case, yeah, can you give up? Um, the time that you've allocated for the things that are very much part of your life to enter into somebody else's world and serve them. That could be a pretty tremendous sacrifice that shows the humility before God that he's asking for in this case. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just an, an other-mindedness, I think. Yeah. I, I think that's what growing up as a follower of Jesus really is, a lot of is is about, is actually the movement from self-focus to outward-facing. and. Yeah. That's what Jesus is is getting at here, I think, in the two central commands that he sums everything up in, you know, love God and love others, because love in itself is is a selfless act, you know. Yeah. So, um, and again, I think that's that's a work of God in us. I don't think that's something that we can just kind of just grit our teeth and try harder. And, you know, I think we need that work of God in us. To, to make that kind of movement from self to other centeredness, you know? 
That's great. Um, I want to kind of bring us into land by, um, I think maybe getting back to the heart of what was um, behind this message from Jesus, right? So he does talk about um, the action steps that come from a posture of humility and other mindedness. But I think what he's really getting at here is um, if we're going to affect change in the world, if we're really going to be influential in the lives of those around us, we, we need to enter into relationship with them. Mm-hmm. It, it can't just be that we pop in once in a while or that we sprinkle some money here or there. Those are, again, good things to assist folks in those ways to meet those needs directly through acts of service. But I think he's also inviting us into kind of a mentality of other mindedness in all that we do such that they want to be in a relationship with us and, and we get to know them and understand them on a personal level. And so to bring us into land there, I want to look at this idea of meeting the spiritual needs of our neighbors. And so you mentioned in your sermon that this can't just be the job of church pastors or church staff members. It can't just be jobs for missionaries, but rather this is the mission of every Christian is Mm -hmm. to go out into the world and to be light to that world and to inspire others to turn toward Jesus. And so if somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I really want to do that. That sounds amazing. Um, But I'm just an office worker. You know, I I go in and I punch the clock nine to five, or maybe I'm a teacher (laughs) or even a stay-at-home parent or a retiree. Mm. What can this look like for those folks? And my my guess is, my hunch is it starts with relationship, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. Mm. Yeah. Dan, I don't really, I don't really think the context matters. To be honest, uh, the fact is that I think it's Paul that talks about us being given a ministry of reconciliation as followers of Jesus. Basically, what that means is that God u- is using us to draw others to Himself, you know, into relationship with Himself. And so, if that's the case, then and we believe it is, then. Uh, the context doesn't really matter. That what matters is that we recognize that God has placed us for a purpose where we are, and whether that's in you know a particular college, school, workplace, whatever it might be. And I think sometimes people get a little scared about this, Dan, in terms of like what we're saying here is you need to go in with like a plaque thing you know wear t-shirts each day that yeah like christian (laughs) t-shirts and i'm not saying those things can't be effective in some context maybe but what jesus is calling us to here is to be a light as you said it's funny actually dan i was just chatting with our young adults group about this last night i think sometimes we just get the idea that christianity is about just like jesus jesus says you should do this and then we're Christians and we just try and do that. And then technically we should be better people. Yeah. And that's that's what we invite people into. Hey, like come to our club. Like Jesus is awesome and he's a great teacher. And we're all trying hard to be like him. And you should try to, because it really works. But I don't think that's I don't think that's Christianity at all. I think Christianity is coming to the cross, recognizing that the son of God had to come to save us from ourselves (laughs) and that we are deeply broken and that we need him. And uh, it's a case then of walking with God and being changed by him and being changed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And that is what we bring into all those different contexts 
you know yeah. it's the power of god the work of god in our lives and and then people begin to see the the fruit of the spirit and our lives self-control patience you know gentleness and that is what um ultimately we want people to come and meet jesus we don't want to we we're not inviting people to come and into kind of a you know a legalistic kind of thing where it's, right sign up it, for the checklist of things to do yeah. yeah i mean that's 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 kind of that sounds a bit more like self-help to me no it's actually about the power of god working in you and through you and people experiencing that you know yeah come and be fed it's kind of the, the word that comes to mind for us you know um right. jesus invites people not to come and and join the club necessarily right but come and be filled with me and that's what yeah. we're invited to do yeah yeah that's yeah. it good stuff well a quick um shameless plug i guess sure. uh, we have, <laughs> uh coming up uh this wednesday um a new Ridge University podcast uh, that's about to, to drop, and it's uh, called Neighboring Well, and we're going to explore what it means to be the kind of neighbor that Jesus calls us to be. Um, so yeah, the first episode is out on March 15th. We encourage you to check that out if you want to dive into this topic further. How many episodes are you doing with that, Will? Uh, we got three on that. Got some special guests. Mary Kohlsdorf, who I talked about, Director of Outreach. Uh, retired pastor and Ridge University teacher Jay Brabant, and then we also have director of hospitality Joni Pine. So, yeah, Fantastic. yeah, a lot of great content in there. So, be sure to check it out. Yeah. So, again, that's March 15th, and you can find that by searching Ridge University Podcast on really any podcast provider that you prefer. Or if you want to go more directly to it, um, you can go to our website, to the Ridge University page, and click on the podcast button on that page. Well, Will, I want to thank you again for, for your words on Sunday, but also just for your time today and kind of unpacking it further with us. Um, so, yeah, thanks again, Will, for all that. Yeah, thanks for hosting, Dan. Appreciate of it. Of course. Yeah. Well, we'll do it all again. Uh, same place, same time next week. So we're looking forward to seeing you all then. And uh, until then, have a great week. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at the Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.
I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week. I want to mention one last thing before we go. Our heart at The Ridge is to help people grow in their relationship with God. There are so many ways to get connected into what can be life-changing environments for you and your family. The best way to keep in touch with all that is happening is through our website, ridgelife.org, but also through our weekly e-news. You can sign up to receive this directly to your inbox using the link in our podcast show notes. Finally, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to share with friends or family. We hope to catch you next time on Beyond the Sermon.